Welcome, friends. This week we are excited to be chatting with Rhea Wild about her Twisted City duet, which includes Little Bird and Twisted King. Welcome, Rhea. Hi, thanks for having me. We're very excited to chat about it because obviously dark romance is our jam. Uh, but a little bit about you. You love to write dark, steamy and suspenseful romance and stories that are dark, dirty, dangerous and deliciously sinful, which again right up our alleyway uh and you live in the uk so you often find yourself reading or lost in your writing world so you've got the passion for reading as well which a lot of people kind of build up from that level into to writing yeah okay so i think we just need to get straight into this because honestly i'm a little bit addicted with this this duet it is a completed duet so I know some people don't like to start reading you know books until it's complete I don't know how they hold off I just cannot do it we, no, I we can't. can't do it no. <laughs> we're too greedy um but it is completed and it is a dark enemies to lovers mafia romance it's a debut duet by you um and it is also kind of like has a Romeo and Juliet type modern day theme doesn't it mm. yeah it, that was the idea as well as sort of some fairy tale beauty and the beast kind of vibes as well yeah um so yeah, that, that's what pushed this the story and I, I kind of love that kind of yeah kind of like a, a bit of a retelling but with a different more positive ending if you may <laughs> Yeah, in a dark yeah. romance sense. <laughs> no, no dying at the end of it. Well, I mean, no. quite. <laughs> now, we start with Little Bird and we obviously meet Ren, who's relatively sheltered. Now, when we say that, she is kind of being trained and being told about, you know, the darker sides of things and I guess being warned by who at that time she believes to be her father, that there are, you know, dark aspects of the world that they live in. And she kind of picks up on things like people coming to the house all the time at late hours and that sort of stuff. But relatively speaking, she hasn't been inducted into that side of the world at all. So she's going on a merry little way, pretty happy, just wants to have a night out on the town, you know, with her bestie. And unfortunately... She gets kidnapped. Unfortunately, I mean, or unfortunately, at the time, I mean, it does turn out well in her favour. Down, down. <laughs> oh no, no! Sounds <laughs> about to kidnap me. And look, I must say, like, we do love a false force proximity trope like that is you know it's always it's always interesting to see how that's written and so on the other side of things we've got Alexander Silva now he is as dark as dark can be like he has pretty much grown up in in the mafia world and at the start of Little Bird we you know there's like a shootout and his mother gets killed and that's kind of his focal point for revenge and going after Ren and whatever else and his father, who is technically, you know, above him in mafia ranks, he kind of takes a step down at that point when the mother gets killed because of grief and whatnot. So Alex or Lex has taken over and 
We're there for it. We're there for Lex. <laughs> oh, he's very easy to love, isn't he? Like sometimes I find in these type of stories, it's like, I'm like, oh, it takes me a while to really like that character. But I was like, oh, no, <laughs> hope he can Straight away. Straight yeah. away. I, yeah, uh, I, creating Lex was a struggle because I, I wanted to push him and I wanted him to, to draw that line and I didn't know how far I could tip him over before it became too much mm-hmm. um, but yeah I it, I love him and I, I made him up so <laughs> you know yeah mm. is it for you you're good with him <laughs> yeah I've got so many sort of pin boards of just random dark head mafia guys on my Pinterest it's just stupid <laughs> I I love that because ultimately it's research. It's really important. It's really important. It's part of the process, you know. (laughs) It's so funny because I was like, when I was reading the way that you're describing him and with the silver eyes, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to find this person just to like... (laughs) I've really got the image in my head. And then there's like a part where you say where she's running his fingers through his bit. I'm like, oh God, this needs to stop. This is like getting out of control. <laughs> calm down. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> oh. So ultimately the Silvers rule, they rule Brooks Hill. Um, and he's he's trying to prove a point like we're still in charge here you can't you know screw with us whatever else I'm going to take her in and basically plans to kill her and I just love how for a long time he manages to convince himself in his mind that that is still the plan mm-hmm. um despite all of the uh flirting and the fact that like in every other situation that he has like this he's just brutal like he's just like doesn't think first just like dead or tortured immediately but in this situation he's like come back to my mansion (laughs) I'll keep you here for a little while I plan to kill you but I'm just you know drawing it out to punish you more uh you know so I do I do love that and I also I do love Ren because she's just like like she's a badass even though she's been sheltered so much she is she's just not she doesn't seem to have any fear. And so like no. when she's initially kidnapped, she's just like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot at this guy. Like that's totally fine. I will receive no repercussions for this action. It's normal behaviour. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I mean, we also love Riker, obviously. Like mm. yes, we're there to see his book. Um, I know yeah. after the first book that I did DM you and I was like, where's Riker's book? Uh, I mean, I tend to do this with authors and it's probably not very fair. Like they haven't even finished that series and I'm like, where's the next <laughs> one? Um, but I just, I guess I just want to make sure that my point is made like this will happen eventually type thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, just right. so we've got a, a bit of inception, you know, if it's not yeah, already there, we'll just plan it. Riker will be getting his own book. Um it's planned in a couple of books time fantastic along with that's okay i'm cool with that i'm cool with knowing it's there down the track as long as we know yeah. you know that we're gonna get there with it i apologize she's out of control she <laughs> basically she's a hussy for like a mafia room. i've got it i feel like i need to manifest these things <laughs> 
But one of my favourite parts, especially in the first book, is when, you know, like obviously Ren is describing, you know, how big and bulky and beast-like Riker is. And she still thinks, you know what, while he's taking me to the bathroom, I'm going to fight my way out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I will take him on. <laughs> I will take this beast of a man on. Um, you know, she's like this petite little thing. She's like, you know what, I can beat him. Breaks his yeah. nose. I mean, Paul Riker's nose, like, it gets a beating. Like He gets a beating. And I had my beta readers, when when I first wrote Little Bird, um, my beta readers were reading it and they were like, are you actually going to give him a break at any point during this book? I'm like, no, no, I am not. <laughs> I'm so sorry for Riker, though, because he just loves and he's so loyal to Lex. But until really, like, Maybe halfway through book two, Lex is just so closed off emotionally that he can't even really see that there's that friendship there. He just keeps kind of trying to reduce that relationship that he has with Riker down to, well, you're just under my command and that's what you're expected to do. And Riker just keeps showing up. He's just there every time. She's so consistent. That's why I need his book, you know? like Well, you're kind of lucky. I was... I actually had an alternative. I had an alternative in Twisted King where he was going to die. And I actually thought in Twisted King he was going to be the mole. Oh yeah. So that I was, was like, I, we when I was plotting out, I, I almost did that, but then I thought he's so loyal through Little Bird and to Lex that suddenly making him a mole, it just wouldn't work. No, no. So I planned on killing him and I had it all planned out, all plotted out, and I, w- I was I was going to kill him. And then I had a couple of readers who basically lost their absolute mind. Thank you, when I told whoever those readers were. <laughs> so you. we had to change it up a little bit and, yeah, we, well, he's still alive. <sighs> I mean, you are the second author that has dropped this bomb on us whilst we've been talking about the like a part in a book. And they're like, well, actually, I was going to kill that person. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it, it would be Paige. So I don't know what's going on over there. <laughs> in the UK. Or the UK, what's going on? You're all just going <laughs> to kill all the main characters. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I, I, was, I was, my thought process was people aren't going to expect this. And they're going to hate me for it, but it's going to be it's, it's going to be funny. So I'm just going to do it. No, I don't think it would have been funny. I would have been gutted. I would have gutted. I, as much as it would have hurt my soul, I love stuff like that. And we've read a, a trilogy it's where twisted. that happened. And I was like completely blindsided by it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, that hurt so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... We almost had a situation where Riker was no more, but then I also kind of with the fact that he took a beating throughout the entire duet, I I thought maybe we should give him a break. Maybe we should give him his happily ever after seeing as we've treated him like absolute garbage. Maybe we should give him some some love. (laughs) Yes, I think so. I definitely think so. So obviously in the first book it comes out that Ren is actually, you know, the daughter of um, an infamous mafia leader who she had no idea. And she's been actually 
you know, raised by one of his men. So you've got Valentine, who's her father, and, you know, that's a big shock to her. But throughout the first book, it's kind of like all about them building their relationship up where it's just kind of like a push and pull between them, some extremely hot moments. Um, And then, you know, little bits and pieces on the way through. So while Lex is trying to get back at Valentine, he realizes that actually Valentine doesn't have a lot of power anymore. He kind of comes in under this, uh, you know, group called the syndicate that nobody really knows much about. And so um, they're trying to figure more out about them. They're trying to battle their feelings with each other. The syndicate are trying to kill Ren, um, you know, like, geez, just maid comes in, tries to cyanide her coffee. Like, that's a bit, that's a bit tough. Yeah. Ren, Ren actually, yeah, she goes through a lot. She does. She does. A short amount of time. And I mean, he sa- she saves Lex's life. And I think that's the lines start to blur a little bit more there as well. Cause he's like, mm, okay. It was already blurred before, but this is when he actually starts to take notice, I think, as opposed to just trying to convince himself that he's going to kill her. Um, and, you know, Riker's nose gets broken again. Um, <laughs> and and Ren also starts realising as well that um, why do I keep trying to save this guy and why am I running away? <laughs> yeah, and because she's kind yeah. of like actually like his darkness calls to me a little bit and it's not just, you know, even mm-hmm. though she's been sheltered that she actually fits quite well into this type of lifestyle you know there's torture going on in the barn and all this type of stuff and meanwhile this search for the syndicate we've got Ainsley as well so originally I did want Ainsley to end up with Raka but now I'm like thinking oh maybe you know the characters that are you know introduced in book two so we'll go on to that in a second but anyway Ainsley is like a crazy badass hacker who hacks in and gets all this information about the syndicate and then has to go on the run because they're so you know powerful that she's scared for her life um so again you know I do have a thing for hackers so that's um <laughs> that's really appealing to me here um so she kind of runs off Lex is like okay there's a rat in my crew I've got to figure that out and we get to the end of book one and ends on a huge cliffhanger by the way guys so you're lucky that book two is already out where they're at Lex's club and Lex and her are in the office and you know she gets shot and then the club blows up like damn and um And that's where it's left with her getting carried out by Marcus Valentine, her secret daddy, and Lex, like, dying on the ground. Like, no. (laughs) He's dying too. (laughs) She's dying and he's dying and they're, like, reaching out. Uh, They're not really reaching out. But anyway, that's it would be really a lot more dramatic if that happened. Um, (laughs) I think he was trying to reach her. He was trying to reach for sure. And he was definitely like, she's Stella. (laughs) And she confesses her love for him and, oh. No, brutal, brutal. Such a brutal moment. But, I mean, when we get into book two, Twisted King, like, 
it it really gets into the dark side mm. yeah it really does and I was when I was writing I was like am I going too far no 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 the sad thing about it is that for for Marcus Valentine he has no absolutely no connection to his daughter like she is just a piece of property to him and he's decided that he can get like a lot of money for her because it comes out that he is a part of like he runs a massive sex trafficking ring like human trafficking and under his house he's got like all these um cells and there's all these girls being held down there and, and abused and while she doesn't get sexually abused. She does get beaten like quite severely. And, and, you know, um, basically Lex, he turns into the devil and he's just on a war path. Like I'm going to go kill everybody until I get it back. But every time he strikes out, she gets punished for it in return, which is horrible. And it also, this actually made me really sad, but Griffin, her trainer slash best, kind of bestie, he was the one that screwed her over. And I was like, no. But he he shot her. No, he blew it up. Sorry. He didn't know he she'd been shot. He blew it up. The syndicate shot her, yeah. Yeah. The syndicate shot her. He didn't know that she'd been shot, but he still blew it up. Like the chances that something's going to go wrong there, Griffin, like. No, no. I think you know, Griffin's thought process was, well, dead is better than with Lex. Mm. Yeah. So he'd rather her dead than be with the enemy. Yeah. Which is obviously completely screwed up. But I kind of understand his thought process about it. If well, if I can't have her, no one can. Mm, that true. was the kind of vibe Griffin was giving off. Yeah, because he, um, was he wasn't really loyal to Valentine either. He was he was he was loyal to himself and he was loyal to Ren. Yeah, mm. granted he then blew Ren up, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he he wasn't quite all there in the long run. I think in terms of his no. processing, uh, definitely didn't process well with that. He didn't think it through very well. No, he did not. Plan was probably good execution, not so much. Terrible execution. No. Terrible execution. I mean, his execution, however, was quite brutal. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, those scenes. Okay, let's just the scenes in the barn. <laughs> I was like, the the bit with yeah, I think it was with him with the guy on the table and the the screws going your feet. I was like, oh my god. I know. Anything with the nails really like, creeps me out as well. And the paper clips. I was like. Oh, wow, I'm going to be very careful with paper clips from now on. Like, that sounds... You don't want to look at my Google search history to figure out how I knew how to do this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do I do think it would be very random to see an author's... A dark romance author's Google search history. Yeah, every time I Google something, I'm like, right, how do I torture a guy for book purposes? <laughs> just in case someone is looking at my search history and they're, they're going to come and arrest me. So yeah, I'm just like, purposes. Going to torture someone. I just need to know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've spoken to a couple of moms who've got the same thing, or they'll like have doctors they talk to, and they'll ask like, and the doctors like, "What are you talking about?" Just for research purposes, if I was to kill <laughs> someone, how long would they live for if I did this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but so Marcus quickly determines that Ren's just not, she's not going to back down. He He's having real difficulty. He thought he could break her by torturing her and whatever else um, and kind of get her to be really submissive. But obviously that's not in her nature. So what he does is terrible, but he had her best friend, Rory, who is was so innocent and everything. And she was down there and she was being really terribly abused. So that, and that does make Ren fall in line. But we kind of get a bit of saving grace because in come the hearts, Kingston and Isabel, and they're there to technically purchase her, but they're actually not, you know, they're actually saving her because they need Lex's help and they want to use her as essentially a bargaining chip, but in a positive way for her because she's yeah. getting out of her father's hands. Um, and they're just like, I just love how they're described because they're just like so all powerful and all consuming, but nobody knows anything about them or how they got to that point or anything like that. And also I love that it's Isabel that everybody's like really scared of. Ashrates everyone. I love it. I I love how they're just like, yeah, she's bitches crazy. Like, I know like when she just like, you know, will come and just touch her. I know I loved how obsessed she was with Ren and I'm like oh my god she's like I just want them to be BFFs. so unhinged unhinged and I'm just there for it when I introduced both King and Isabel I was like this is it these are my like these are my characters and Isabel I've already got her book and her plot and her background all planned out it's the second book in the uh Wreck and Ruin series which is King, uh, the Hearts books. Um, and I had hers planned before I'd even started writing Twisted King. I always was going to put them in. And I wanted, I want my, every single female ever in any of my books to be powerful and to be badass and to be strong. They might be slightly unhinged and they might be a little bit batshit, but they can look after themselves. They don't need their men is how I want all my females to be. The men are just there to be sort of accessories more yeah. than anything else. Like she's, she's going to have no problem gutting a guy. That's no. it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I do, I do love the characters that are a little bit unhinged. Like, honestly, yeah. they're, they're yeah. fun. And I think as you get older in life as well, you're kind of just like, the men yeah, a little bit bad. are really boring. Yeah. But also you're like, yeah, I've lived now. I'm 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 this how many years old? And I'm like, yeah, I get it. You I get, get it. One. You understand. Get one. <laughs> yeah, there's a part like like where she where that car comes crashing in and she's she's like limping, but it's because she's got one shoe on. And I just had that image in my head. I was like, yeah, like I would I could picture that because I would be also doing the same thing, like, oh, for God's sake, like what is going on? <laughs> Where are you? Like, where's my shoes? Where's my shoe? I can't possibly take this one on. <laughs> that's exciting. I can't yeah. wait to read her book. I'm I'm very and that's what I mean. Like at the end of book one, I was like, yes, I need Riker's book. And then get into book two I'm like no I need Kingston's book now and this is where I would like Ainsley to come in uh you know because I feel like those two could go well together 
Um, anyway, this is just my thought process. Okay, just, just ignore, um, okay. put that on your board, whatever. That's cool. Um. Well, so Kingston's book is about halfway done, and I'll give you a spoiler alert. It's not Ainsley. Oh, that's okay. That means she's saved for Raka. That's fine. I can do them together. <laughs> might not be might not be amanda no she's not i've got her book planned out as well and hers is going to be fun i will be very interested to see who she ends up with because yeah i just feel like she needs a certain type of guy because she's so incredibly intelligent obviously but also like ninja like so yeah anyway that'll be very interesting to see so anyway we've got like I guess the hearts and Lex kind of form, you know, a very strange, strained alliance, if you may, because they're going to work together. But you know that Lex is not really that happy. I don't feel like the hearts really care. They're just like, look, we're going to win, however we need to. But Lex is like, mm, don't really like working with others. Yeah, <laughs> I don't play well with others. No. Yeah, he's, he's like a child who's just not got on his way. That's my <laughs> toy. You're not playing with it. So, yeah. yeah. It's it very like strange. They have that mutual respect, even though they might not be, like, you know, alliances. Like, they're like, well, Lex appreciates him because of their, for what they've accomplished over in Europe. How and also because he are. saved Ren. Yeah, because he saved Ren. And the same for, like, Kingston's just a cock. He's so cocky. I'm like... Oh. So cocky. I love yeah, it. Yeah, like... Oh. Oh. One of the things I loved about Kingston was that, yes, he saved Ren and he kept rubbing it in Lex's face. Yes. Mm. I love that. I love putting that in the book. And I liked... I always wanted Kingston to be cocky and I wanted him to be arrogant. But I also wanted him to wanted him to look at sort of like blowing up a house or shooting someone in the head to just be casual so yeah make a glass of water he doesn't he he, again he's like he's about he's completely unhinged and I wanted to add some sort of comedy into it and whilst you can't look at the duet and go yeah that's it's funny it's not funny but him using Ren as a sore spot to wind up Lex mm. I just I just love putting that in there because it did when it got really tense or when the suspense got a little bit too much you just throw King in there and it sort of fizzles down a little bit so yeah. I he, he was a good sort of na- neutral line that I could use to just dampen down the tense atmosphere I suppose he yeah. was fantastic like I loved when he first got there and they're like, you know, oh, my God, the hearts are on our soil. And then so they're watching him on the cameras and he fully just looks up at the camera and he's like, yeah. gives them the time. And he's like, obviously, they're going to be watching me. So yeah. I'll just show them here. Don't need to reach out in any way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Track me down. <laughs> I liked them. Um- I also liked when he was like, well, when Ainsley comes back, I want that information. And Lex is like, why would I give it to you? He's like, well, should I take my my gift back too then? Is that how this works? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. I just love that he just he was just able to wind Lex up but not even really lifting a finger. No, and it was just, yeah. So good. I, obviously I wrote him in and I, I fell in love with him. And now that I'm writing his book, 
that unhingedness and that sort of crazy attitude that he's got, I feel like he's he's incredibly intelligent, but he's got no social skills and he doesn't really understand right and wrong. And that's that's developed more in Wicked Heart. And yeah, it's thing is, as I'm writing it, I'm not sure it's gonna be as dark as the duet, but there's definitely parts in it and you're gonna go, oh, that's a red flag. <laughs> but we're gonna ignore the red flag and we're gonna continue anyway. But I'm I'm writing and I'm like, that's not okay to do. If that someone did that to me in real life, I would probably phone the police. Obviously that doesn't happen. No. Um, but yeah, so he's he's such a fun character to write. I bet. I can't Sorry. wait to read his book. I can't wait. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, I did get excited when I seen that at the end of um, Twisted King, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> and obviously there's still stuff in Twisted King that's left unanswered. Yeah, and obviously whilst the syndicate is a massive thing throughout the duet, it isn't the core core um, situation in the book that comes in the syndicate will be more involved in the heart series mm. and the answers that I don't give in this book will be given in that book whilst obviously you'll be, be able to read that separately and you'll be able to read um, King's book separately and as a standalone they will all tie in and it'll be sort of a reading order that you can once everything's done there'll be a reading order that people can just go to and get, sort of get all those answers that they're waiting for mm-hmm. uh yeah no I will I would love to find those answers out because definitely you are left in suspense there and wanting those answers in the next books some of the most devastating scenes in book two happen after Ren has been rescued yeah and it's kind of just her and Rory dealing with the trauma and especially Rory dealing with the trauma of what they've been through. And it's where you see even more Riker's soft side in that he's just trying to help her in any way that he can. And he's, you know, Ren finds out that he's been lying with her every night because she's having nightmares and, you know, all these terrible things. And then, you know, there's a couple of big events. So one is that Ren has been branded essentially by her father and she kind of gets lost in the middle of her trauma and just decides that the best way to get rid of that is to cut it out of herself. And she's just so lost in that process that she doesn't even really, I think, fathom exactly what she's doing, which is just heartbreaking. And then the other part is Rory's suicide. Mm. That was just so devastating. Um, And I think it was, even though it obviously hit Ren a lot, I think, I feel like it hit Riker more (laughs) because he was really trying to help her out and he kind of formed that bond with her. So, like I said, I was originally going to kill Riker. The reason I killed Rory is because I didn't kill Riker. (laughs) And even then, even making that decision and how I was going to do it and how I was going to write it, it was hard. 
it was really hard to write those scenes where she ultimately kills herself. And then the scenes afterwards with Ren trying to fix it, trying to, you know, there's, you're not going to be able to, yeah, you can't stop it. There, there's nothing you can do now. But she still tries to fix it. And then you've got Lex and Ronica trying to bring her away. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really hard to, to, to do it. But I also wanted to make sure I did it justice as well. Mm. Obviously, that kind of topic is sensitive and it's it needs to be done in a way that I'm not, it's not gonna be, I can't think of think of the word. They need this to be done in a way that one, it it was for the book. See, it's a book, so it it developed the plot line. Um, but I didn't want it to come across that, oh, she's just off herself because that's what we also felt like doing. It yeah. had to go with the story. Yes. And that's why it was done in the way it was done. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and no, I think it was written really well, that part, because you could... It, it did develop really well to get to that point. And then, yeah, the, the fallout of it afterwards as well and how it affected each of the characters um, was developed really well. Yeah, also. it it, ma- it it made sense. Like, it fit with the storyline that that was how it developed. I don't think it was romanticised or anything like that. At no. all. Like, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, when you, hear, when you read that, like, there's the gunshot, they're like, oh, no, she shot Riker. And I'm like... <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so sad. Like, but yeah, I think, um, you know, she did go through a lot. <laughs> like, it, yeah, like, absolutely. I originally, before, so Twisted King and the conclusion of the duet went through so many different changes. Um, the plot changed, the chapters changed, characters changed. And originally, I was going to have a Rike Rory relationship. But obviously that never happened. So I kind of did get that. I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to end up with Ainsley. Maybe he's going to end up with her. So obviously I was still in my Riker Ainsley path there. No, and you just need to wait. But Riker is obviously obsessed with Ainsley anyway. He is. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think he's just got a thing for blondes. Um, and then obviously we get to the pinnacle at the end of book two end of the duet it comes down to the point where uh, Ren is determined to be the one that takes her real father's life everything that he's put her through and Rory through and everything like that and you know of course we have to end up in like a creepy deserted uh, building searching through people get separated and then it all comes to the pinnacle where you know she just goes full on she didn't muck around she didn't muck around around. for the jugular psycho i i wanted obviously when i was planning marcus's death because he was going to die regardless of what happened obviously she wanted to um make it last 
his pain and his suffering. She wanted to torture him over a, a number of days. Obviously that never happened. Um, and she went just a little bit psycho and yeah, stabbed him in the juggler. But I think that's also because he shot Lex. Yeah. Yeah. So she just lost her, she just lost she just her lost mind it, at that yeah, point. Absolutely. Fair call. Fair call. Fair call. Mm. Well, he deserved it. He deserved it at that point. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the next thing to do after that <laughs> is to have sexy times. Well, yeah, I, that's that makes the logical sense. That's <laughs> the next logical step in the process. Um, and so, yeah. Can I just say, I don't know what this makes type of person that makes me, but when I read that, I was like, well, clearly they now have to have sex. <laughs> I know. It's like the oh adrenaline is at an all-time high. The best thing to do to release that is to have sex. It doesn't seem out of place to me anymore. It's like this has to happen now. <laughs> it is the next step. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that they're both bleeding and the fact that they're in a really dirty motel and they really probably should go get checked out. But no, no, no. They, they need sex again. They need yeah. to have the sex. <laughs> and then they can get checked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, um, because she is being anointed the new queen of the mafia, obviously she needs to have sex over a balcony. Obviously. Over her new over her land. constituents, her <laughs> land. I feel like it was a bit of like a an X-rated Lion King moment, like mm. this is our land, <laughs> everything the sun touches, but sex at the same time. Um <laughs> Anyway, just say, just say. Now I've got in your head, don't I? <laughs> so yeah, it was an awesome conclusion to the duet. We absolutely loved it. Um, but a few questions: What inspired you to start writing? Um, I've always read, so I, I, I was actually sort of a late reader. I only started reading when I was about fourteen. Um, and it was a case of, I became obsessed. It was, you know, I read a book a day. I'd stay up all night to read a book and I'd go to college or school the next day and be absolutely knackered because I stayed up all night reading. And honestly, I started off on the standard young adult, very light romance books. And gradually as I got older, I started going to the more of the darker side um new adult and paranormal and urban fantasy um and then so I used to only read paranormal and fantasy romances all I ever used to read and then it was actually only because I came across an ad on Facebook and they had this snippet of a book and I was like oh this sounds good so I went and downloaded the book not I didn't read the blurb I didn't look at the title I didn't look at the cover I just went in blind and I read it and then I realized it was the spicy 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 romance and I was like hold up hold up so then I became obsessed with that and I read through it was it's all I did through lockdown through any time I had all I did was read um, and it was all the spicy romances, dark, light, contemporary, sports. Fantastic. And um, I'd always wanted to write. I just never had the motivation to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but after reading all of this sort of 
this romance that it took over my life. Um, I decided to, I had an idea um, and I just decided to play with it. So I didn't plan it and I didn't plot it. I just, I had an idea and I just wrote it down and then it developed from there. Um, I can remember driving. So we had to go, we're buying a car um, and we had to drive down to Wales and it was about a three and a half to four hour drive to go pick up this car. And my husband was sitting in the driver's seat and I'm going, I'm like, so do you know anything about the mafia? He's like, what? And I'm like, well, I, can't, I kind of got this idea, but it's about the mafia and I don't know anything about the mafia. Um, so we started talking about that and I was like, what about torture? Do you know how to torture someone? <laughs> At that point, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to stop. So <laughs> that's where Google came in. And then, yeah, it just sort of, it just developed from there. That's fantastic. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And also your husband's a little bit like, mm, she knows a lot of things now. I'm not going to get on her bad side. I think it's, um, it's, it's so funny because um, my husband will do the same thing. I'll be like reading and he'll be like, oh, have they like, you know, done it yet? Like he thinks he's hilarious. And I'm like, oh no, this is what's happening. And it'll be like, you know, the most goriest dark scene. He's like, what the fuck are you reading? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't got to the sex yet. It's a slow burn. It's a slow yeah. burn. So I was, I was sort of reading out loud a little bit so I can make sure I just flowed. And he, he was sat on the sofa and he was literally just staring at me. He was like, are you okay? <laughs> me? Yeah, I'm fine. It's just a book. And then it all, it all sort of developed a little bit more. And he's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Like, I'm going to take the paper chips away. <laughs> I don't blame him. My mum tried to read Little Bird and she phoned me and she was like, I'm really sorry, but I can't, I can't continue. And I didn't, in all fairness, I didn't actually expect you to read it. Like <laughs> I would avoid reading it if I was you. She was like, it's not, it's not, it's not the violence. I'm like, okay. And he was, she was like, it's the fact that, that, they have sex while she's holding a knife to her throat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Mum, put the book down. I love that she's like, I'm really sorry about this, but I just cannot continue. <laughs> I was like, I'm to support I this, but I cannot condone that behaviour. <laughs> it's I didn't expect you to read it. I actually pretty sure I warned you not to. <laughs> Maybe I should have put a disclaimer at the start of the book. Mum, don't read this book. I think you you'll need write. to be clear moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, can you just tell me what happens? So I then had to she was, so I then had to sit there and explain the entire plot and how it ends and what happens. And then she was like, okay, well, can you tell me what happens in book two? I was like, you won't like book two. <laughs> don't even think about picking up book two. Um oh why why what happened so I explained what happened she was like yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not doing that I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're in the hotel and it's abandoned right it's covered in dirt he stabs him in the- <laughs> so yeah so my poor mum picked it up thinking that she was gonna love it and well she, she didn't <laughs> she got a shock that's for sure <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she did. Bless her. At least she tried. And oh, she, I think it's she, great. She, she gave it a good red hot try. <laughs> yeah, she she felt really bad that she couldn't continue. But she's like, I've got them on my shelf though, so you know. I am supporting you, darling. Oh, it's so <laughs> sweet. <laughs> Um, now we obviously know we're going to find out a bit more about the syndicate in Kingston's book, but what else can we expect from his story other than the unhingedness? Um, obsessive stalkery behavior. Love it. Um, yeah. So you've got a little bit of background about Isabel and King. You get a very small amount of background of of mm. both of them in Lucid King. Um, and it really focuses around Isabel um, and what sh- happened to her before they turn up in Brooks Hill. Um, so they obviously run an underground criminal organisation in Europe. So they live in London, but they are spread across Europe and in, and in other countries. And they have people everywhere. They, they've got people within other organisations, within other mafia groups. They've, they're basically, they're, they're a parasite and they've just grown and grown and grown and no one even knows they're there. Um, Kingston and Isabel, they didn't have the best upbringing. Um, and that will be sort of a baseline as to why their personalities are what the way they are now king is fucked up to say the least there's nowhere delicately handle this this situation no no and he will he's basically wants to he wants to avenge what happened to his sister so we've got the revenge plot line obviously it's not going to go to plan He's going to get distracted and he's going to meet a very innocent, very sweet book lover who literally is Snow White in modern times. She is not. She's she's just she's going to be fighting. She's going to have that strong backbone, but she's going to be very innocent. She's good. She wants to help people. Um, and initially, when she meets Kingston, she is terrified of him. Oh. That doesn't describe him, though, obviously. He's yeah. going to still turn up at her apartment and stand outside her window and, and walk her. That's how you quite me. I love Snow White. I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah, so he's, um, it's obsessive. It's going to be gritty. Like I said, it's not necessarily going to be as dark, but there's definitely going to be the dark elements. There's there's going to be the mafia type, but you can sort of expect extreme spice. More spice in this one than there was in both Little Bird and Twisted King. Oh, okay. Um, Mark, I did not read this one either. No, we're going to have some voyeurism and... <laughs> Yes. Um, sensory deprivation uh-huh um, again yes <laughs> basically where the f- main female character she's very sheltered she's not experienced she's not she's not going to be like king and king basically wants to feed off of her innocence 
and <laughs> her the experiences that she needs but obviously at the same time he's going to become obsessed with her she's going to become obsessed with him and obviously we're going to have a huge climax everything's going to go literally wrong. and figurative speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's the idea of that one obviously it's a work in progress at the moment um I've got it down as a March 2022 release. It's likely going to be a January, February 2022 release. Um, and I'll bring it forward, but I don't want to go promising early dates when lots of things can go wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I mean, obviously everybody listening's hooked already, so go and pre-order that one. Yes, and pre-order that already. So we'll put we'll include the links as well with the post. Yeah, for sure. All right, these are the hard-hitting questions. Uh, do you have a favorite book? Oh, that changes with or books. Author. Um, or author. I love anything by Donna Allen. She is amazing uh she was one of the first spicy romance authors i read and i can remember reading uh it's called he's not the one it's an age gap surprise pregnancy trope and it was all fine and well and i was reading it i was loving it and then something happened and it was the first time a book ever really gave me shock and i can remember sitting there with the page open reading the last line of the chapter over and over and over and over and over again, thinking, no, no, what the fuck? What, why? What have you done? <laughs> and it didn't occur to me at the time to turn the page to see what happened next. No, I was just no, no, no. on this one line in this chapter. And I was like, I can't believe she just did this. If I turned the page, then I would have settled right back down. But... <laughs> and then... I read it and it was one of the first books that really stuck with me. Um, and then Nicole Snow, she's amazing. She does um, romantic suspense. Um, and I have just binged these Akatar series and the Throne of Glass series and the Crescent City book. Um, and I'm currently in a book hangover and a book slump because I'm trying to read stuff after that. And I'm like, nothing matters. Yeah. So I'm kind of stuck right now. <laughs> um, yeah. That's me. At the we moment. haven't read those actually, but we just hear so it's many so positive things about it. Yeah. I, I, so I bought them and I said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to read them. I just want them for my shelf because they're pretty. And I don't want to read them because I don't want to be disappointed. Everyone's telling me it's so good. Yeah, exactly. And I'm scared I'm going to be disappointed. Not disappointed. Not even Elizabeth. And then I got so obsessed with them ones, I went and bought the entire back catalogue of all of her books. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's As you do. As you do. Obsessive. <laughs> obsessive. And I'm looking at fan art and I'm looking at, like, theories and I'm just... I mean, I need to <laughs> went down the rabbit hole yeah <laughs> I actually um I brought up Agatha with Amanda last week I think I said I'm like I think we need to read them but they're just 
so so many of them that's the thing and you're like oh I'm committed to other things and yeah I said oh this will be like yeah when we have the break (laughs) at Christmas like we've got a list of books we want (laughs) to read to try and catch up yeah sure yeah I said to myself I would I'll take my time reading them I read all of them in a week wow so yeah it's one of those books that when you start you can't stop and you will read the next one and the next one and the next one and if you're anything like me you will then go binge the entire back catalogue or any of her books present city especially i sobbed with that book sobbed not even like a little bit i cried for like three hours straight after i finished that book so yeah oh, wow, that is book. that is hectic yeah well, I'm keen to read it because I've had yeah I've come close to crying in a book but haven't quite got there yet and a couple of authors have said well it's our mission now so I'm like trying to find books that will literally make me cry uh, you've just given me a challenge and I now need to write a book I need to make you cry you need to make yes. me cry yeah the challenge is set the challenge, the challenge is, is set, set. <laughs> I'm keen. I'm keen for it. I, so I want many to of them are like so close to so close. Yeah. I cry. I, I'm an emotional person anyway, so I cry at everything. Something happens in a book and it could be either happy or sad and I'm crying. So <laughs> I think we I'm one of those people though. If you killed a dog in a book, I'd probably bore myself. <laughs> hint hint guys, this is how we get it. <laughs> Kill the dogs, but I don't think I could do that because I'm being a surprise. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, if you were a chair, what celebrity would you want to sit in you? Oh, oh, Charlie Hunnam. hundred oh, percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. He yeah. is perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite food? Popcorn. Again, literally so it all day. doesn't do anything for you. It's got no nutritional value, but I'll eat it all day. Yeah, <laughs> covered in salt. Oh, so sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, does pineapple belong on a pizza? No, it does not. <laughs> no, it does not. Why is my favourite pizza? <laughs> hey, pineapple. pineapple. Why would you do that? Then to be fair, I'm I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I will only eat, ever eat a cheese pizza. <laughs> so, but I would determine what what else can go on them. But I don't want any on mine. Anyway, yeah, I don't, yeah, I will. If you buy me uh, like a pepperoni or a meat piece or whatever else, I'll pick everything off of it, put it in a pile, I'll eat that separately, <laughs> and then I'll eat cheese pizza. <laughs> <laughs> my, oh my gosh my husband will like if we're doing pizza or it's like if we've got a bunch of people here he's like I can't even believe we're wasting money on a pizza with just cheese on it <laughs> I mean you've got just cheese you've got like mozzarella and you've got some cheddar on there you want all the cheese on it yeah yeah pile on the cheese but yeah. only cheese I don't I'm like it's so good that separately yeah yeah <laughs> what is your most useless talent oh. I don't know I don't think I've really really got any talents <laughs> you know other than writing 
How would you want to be cooked? Fried. Mm-hmm. Fried. Absolutely. If your life had a theme song, what would it be? That's a hard one. Uh, I'm going to say Walking on Sunshine only because that's an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Yes. It really is. Happy personality. So we're going to go for that. Yeah. What is your most used emoji? <laughs> the aubergine. <laughs> I knew straight away when you were like, <laughs> I'm a child. <laughs> I love that. Well, that is awesome. Thanks so much for catching up with us we are really excited to read the Hart family's books and Riker's books moving forward uh, but as always guys you can head to the um, description in this episode to get all the links on where you can go and follow Rhea and where you can get her books um, and we hope to chat with you again soon thanks for having me thank, thank you, you.